This week on Worldview, the US Department of Justice's 15-page indictment in the alleged plot against wanted Khalistani separatist leader Gurpatwan Singh Pannu opens a whole new can of worms for India's ties with the US and of course with Canada. Is there a double standard at play? And just how can India navigate the diplomatic fallout? We'll tell you how the MEA, Trudeau and Blinken have all reacted. Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sohasini Heather. Now, last week we had spoken about some of the growing concerns in Western countries over a possible Indian plot to target wanted Khalistani separatists in the US and in Canada. But this week, the US Department of Justice's Southern District of New York Attorney's Office did much more than that. It publicly filed a grand jury indictment, which means the charges were seen as uh, uh, able to stand trial on an alleged plot to kill Panu, the Sixth for Justice leader, a man on India's most wanted UAPA terror list since 2020. And that plot actually implicated an Indian national, but also pointed the finger at an Indian government officials and others. What the grand jury indictment filed, uh, in fact, says, uh, you can read online, there's a link, there's a press release that talks about the government officials' involvement. Uh, and at the bottom, there's a link that gives you the actual text of the indictment. Uh, speaking about this, Damien Williams, who was the attorney and remember was responsible for the recent conviction of Sam Bankman-Fried as well, said the US, or we will not tolerate efforts to assassinate US citizens on US soil. Uh, stand ready to investigate, thwart, prosecute anyone who seeks to harm and silence Americans here or abroad. Um, India, of course, has announced now a high-level inquiry. It said that the implication of an Indian government official in this is a matter of concern. Listen in. We take, of course, such in inputs uh, very seriously. And a high-level inquiry committee has been constituted to look into all the relevant aspects of the matter. And necessary follow-up action will be taken based on the findings of the inquiry committee. You would have seen. Uh, as regards the case against an individual, that has been filed in a U.S. court, uh, allegedly linking him to an Indian official. This is a matter of concern. We have said, and uh, let me reiterate, that this is also contrary to government policy. The Indian government making clear this is not Indian government policy. U.S. Secretary of State Blinken welcomed the inquiry, but he also stressed the seriousness of the charges. Here's what he said on, on Friday. I can say that this is something we take very seriously. Um, a number of us um, have raised this directly with the Indian government uh, in, uh, in past weeks. Um, the government announced today that it was uh, conducting an investigation, uh, and that's good and appropriate, and we look forward to seeing the results. So clearly what the indictment shows is something many had not been ex expecting, even though the story has been playing out for several months, ever since, of course, the Canadian Prime Minister went public in Parliament. But we've also seen leaks in other papers like the Washington Post and the Financial Times. So here are the major highlights of what it says. The first, the determination made by a group of ordinary citizens, that's called a ground jury, has found enough evidence to prosecute an Indian man named Nikhil Gupta, who was arrested in the Czech Republic, accused of working with an unnamed but identified Indian government official on a plot to kill Panu. Um, so they know who the Indian official is, 
Pannu himself is described in the indictment as a vocal critic of the Indian government, a secessionist who is banned in India. Secondly, the documents detail communications that began in May of this year, in 2023, between the official who's named CC1 um, as a senior field officer involved in security and intelligence and had earlier served in the Central Reserve Police Force, it says, and his communications with Nikhil Gupta, who has said he's involved in international narcotics and weapons trafficking, so drugs and gun running. It says that CC1 accessed emails from the New Delhi area, so that's where he's likely to be located. He contacted Gupta from an Indian phone to organize the hit, uh, and that he, had, he uh, importantly, had spoken to his boss uh, to have charges against Nikhil Gupta in Gujarat by the Gujarat police to be dropped. Uh, if proven as true, this is certainly, uh, it shows that this complete conspiracy is, is spreading a bit. Uh, the U.S. indictment claimed that that is why Gupta agreed to be a part of the plot. Gupta then contacted a man. Uh, the man turned out to be actually working already for U.S. law enforcement, a confidential source. And through that man to a hitman, the man who was going to be the assassin of Panu, uh, who actually was an undercover officer. Uh, and the offer was made uh, eventually about $100,000, although they were willing to go up to $150,000 to murder this six separatist leader in New York. Uh, they were furnished with the whereabouts, the residence and office details, uh, even the manner in which he could be killed. If Panu is a lawyer, go and pretend to, lead, uh, to seek legal advice uh, and, and then kill him. Uh, and a $15,000 advance payment was handed over for this and uh, the hitman was told to finish him quickly. Now the $15,000 payment is important because it proves that there is actually uh, a desire to act out on what would otherwise just be seen as hearsay or mens rea. However, later, um, this the Indian official is said to have said, calm down on everything as Prime Minister Modi was visiting New York and Washington between June 20th and June 24th and said that an assassination like this could lead to political issues. And then Gupta held uh, a video conference with the undercover uh, official who was meant to be the headman, showing three men in business suits, suggesting that they were all part of the assassination plot. It'll be very important to find out who these three men were in the photograph. And the promise was made for more murder contracts, at least about two to three jobs per month in US and Canada. Uh, the, the, the hitmen who were working for the US government also sent back surveillance footage suggesting that they could carry out the hit uh, in the next few days. Nikhil Gupta traveled from India to the Czech Republic on June the 30th and he was arrested there because obviously the US officials had been building their case against him and through an extradition treaty with the Czech Republic were able uh, to have him arrested. They've also attached all his property and any cash proceeds inside the United States. Finally, while the, U the indictment itself doesn't mention this, a Washington Post article has said that these allegations that have been held uh, by, the, by the U.S. Attorney's Office had actually been shared over the last few months by U.S. President Joseph Biden, who met with Prime Minister Narendra Modi in June in Washington, in September in Delhi, we're not quite sure when he told him, by U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan uh, with his counterpart NSA Ajit Doval during a meeting in Saudi Arabia in August, by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who met External Affairs Minister S.J. Shankar in Washington twice, and then in Delhi twice, most recently at the beginning of November, 
Um, uh, so in just these few months, in four or five months, they met four times. And by the CIA director, William Burns, uh, and the director of national intelligence, Avril Haines, both of whom are believed to have visited Delhi with proof of the allegations they had. What's also significant is that the indictment pretty much makes the link to the assassination of Canada-based Khalistani separatist Hardeep Singh Nijjar. And according to it, says that Gupta had said that Indian officials wanted a hit uh, job done in Canada. In fact, told them two days before Hardeep Singh Nijjar was killed on June 18th, that in fact they had found someone to carry out that hit. So that's going to be another crucial point in this indictment. Uh, there are other parts. They shared videos of the killing uh, uh, and then said that Gupta himself should not get involved in any killing of Panun um, and, and gave directions to the hitman, uh, accordingly saying that killing Panun is a priority and then that there were three other targets in Canada that would be uh, revealed next. All of this, if you're looking, are on page 10 and 11 of the U.S. indictment. So what was the reaction in Canada? Remember, the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau faced much flack for his announcement in Parliament in September. It was seen as very undiplomatic. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, when he said that there was credible allegations against Indian government agents, uh, his reaction to the U.S. indictment was that they proved Canada's point. Listen it. I also, I also wanted to speak uh, to uh, the news coming out of the United States on, uh, on India. Um, from the month of August onwards, uh, we have been working closely with our American counterparts, with partners around the world, on the very serious allegations uh, that we shared in September. Uh, that uh, we believe India was involved, it, agents of the government of India were involved in the killing of a Canadian citizen on Canadian soil. The news coming out of the United States further underscores what we've been talking about from the very beginning, which is that India needs to take this seriously. The Indian government needs to work with us to ensure uh, that we're getting to the bottom of this. This is not something uh, that anyone can take lightly. Our responsibility is to keep Canadians safe, uh, and that's what we're going to continue to do. Earlier, Canada had said that they had sent the Canadian NSA, Jody Thomas, to request cooperation on all those allegations during two visits to Delhi. Trudeau, of course, raised the visit, uh, raised the issue during his visit to Delhi for the G20. Now, having seen all of these indictments, there was a briefing by the MA. I asked them if India would now rethink its stance on the Canadian allegations that they have in the past called absurd and motivated. But here's what MEA spokesperson Arindam Bagchi said in response, really sidestepping the question on the allegations. Listen in. On the issue of Canada, insofar as Canada is concerned, um, we, have, um, we have said that they have consistently given space to anti-India extremists and violence. And that is actually the heart of the issue. Uh, our diplomatic representatives in Canada have borne the brunt of this. So we expect the government of Canada to live up to its obligations under the Vienna Convention on Diplomatic Relations. We have also seen interference by Canadian diplomats in our internal affairs. We've said this from this uh, podium, and that is obviously unacceptable. What seems clear is that the government is taking separate tax on the US and the Canadian allegations, even though they both now are included in that US indictment. So many 
unanswered questions remain. So I'm going to raise some of those for you because we'll see these play out in the next few weeks. The government is going to have to negotiate these questions as well as it deals with the diplomatic fallout. One, will the U.S. allegations impact India-U.S. bilateral ties that have been particularly strengthened in this past year? Remember, U.S. President Joseph Biden has also been invited as the chief guest for Republic Day, a possible Quad summit as well after that. His attendance will really be a clue on how important this case is for bilateral relations and whether the U.S. is willing to use it as leverage but then move on. The second question, how can India take U.S. charges seriously but still refute the Canadian allegations and call them absurd? Um, as I said, there's a particular significance to the way that Nikhil Gupta is seen as speaking about the hit jobs that they wanted done in Canada even before the killing of Niger. The third question, and that's the converse of this one, why did U.S. authorities carry out such an elaborate entrapment operation using its undercover officials versus an Indian government official. Is that the behavior of friends or should the U.S. really have uh, pointed out all that they had found out to India before any of this happened? Fourth, why is India being hauled over the coals over these plots when the U.S., Israel, Russia, China, other countries regularly carry out such operations uh, against those targeting them, secessionists and dissidents? Is there a double standard or is there a higher standard that India is expected to adhere to. Despite the case on the plots, the fact remains that the US and Canada knowingly are still sheltering, protecting Khalistani separatists that threaten India, including, remember, Panun's own uh, video, despite Panun's own video, uh, where he threatened those who take Air India flights after November the 19th. As India investigates the allegations, it must also push more forcefully for the extradition of those who are most wanted there. And lastly, will the credibility hit that India has taken in this case, saying one thing and then another one being proved also, or at least alleged, will it also impact other cases where Indians have been accused of co covert operations? So Kulbushan Jadav in Pakistan and the eight Indian former naval officers in Qatar, both of which we have told you in detail about on other worldviews. So what's worldviews take? The allegations against India and an Indian government official, possibly others up the chain, are surprising, but not entirely shocking in the world of covert operations that take place around the world. The only rule, really, of such operations is to not get caught and certainly not to provide any legally presentable evidence. While the charges are yet to be proven at a trial in the US, India has a larger question on whether it stands to gain from being seen as a country willing to carry out such operations on friendly foreign soil, and whether Indian diplomats and Indian diplomacy are being undermined by such an image. If not, then the government needs to overhaul its strategy of the past few years, regardless of the domestic dividends that they bring. Now, I wasn't able to give you any reading recommendations last week. I have quite a few, and you can see it's on a, on a topic I read about quite a lot, uh, particularly when it comes to covert operations by intelligence agencies around the world. The first I definitely say, and I think I've spoken about it before, is Blood for Blood by Terry Maluski that looks really at how the Khalistan movement has grown in Canada in particular, but also across North America. Uh, the second, I think I've spoken about it as well, Secret World, A History of Intelligence by Christopher Andrew. That goes back uh, a century almost. And then there is a book that's great fun to read. It's, it's divided into short chapters uh, and you will enjoy it. It's called 
how to stage a coup and 10 other lessons from the world of secret statecraft. So it looks at other types of covert operations. This is by Rory Cormack, who's also written Disrupt and Deny, Spies, Special Forces, and the Secret Pursuit of British Foreign Policy. Uh, and that's by Cormack as well. Uh, there's also a, a longer book, The Secret History of MI6 by Keith Jeffrey. It's quite recent. Uh, the Mitrokin Archives, if you haven't read already, it is definitely worth reading on how the KGB worked. Uh, this is by Christopher Andrew and Vasily Mitrokin. It's about the KGB's influence operations as well as some of the other covert military operations. There's one called The Recruiter, Spying and the Lost Art of American Intelligence by Douglas London, himself a former CIA agent. Uh, Rise and Kill First, The Secret History of Israel's Targeted Assassinations. This is by Ronan Bergman, and I think I've spoken about it before. Uh, another book I've spoken about, which is really very interesting, although it's a very hagiographic view uh, of the Indian uh, um, uh, intelligence agencies. It's called R.A.W., A History of India's Covert Operations by Yatish Yadav. He speaks about a range of over, uh, operations from Bangladesh uh, to Fiji to other countries uh, and talks about raw spread around the world. And finally, if you really enjoy reading books about the issue, there's The Omnibus, the mammoth book of covert ops, true stories of covert military operations from the Bay of Pigs uh, to the death of Osama bin Laden by John E. Lewis, really focusing on American uh, covert operations. So we hope you enjoy reading all these books and do join us again on Worldview. Do subscribe and like our YouTube channel as well as log into www dot the hindu dot com from the team here thanks for watching